Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's get ready to rumble! In the right corner we have Sparlow, leader of the prisoners here at Supermax, and in the left corner weighing in at 125 pounds of pure muscle and assassin that critiques, we have Dutch, who will win the Balaxian Tournament of 2000, whatever year it is in the quad. Stay tuned! You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Welcome to AfterBuzz TV here on the Killjoys After Show. We are talking Season 5, Episode 5, about a girl. Uh, like, a bout, you get it? Like, a bout? Because they have a bout, like it's a fight. <laughs> that's, that's the pun in the title. I thought it was about our surprise coming back. Well, we're back, and we're halfway through the season now. No! We're halfway through the final season of Killjoys, guys, but we're going to keep coming back to the end of it, because we got to see what happens. Uh, loving the Supermax twist that we're staying here for a few episodes. We're, we're, we're building an army, and we're allowing other characters to get their, get their feet wet and get their storylines moving. Um, I'm your host, Stephen Lemieux. I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host. She's watched... All of the episodes of Killjoys this year to make sure that she was caught up, and she's just can't get enough of it. Cherry, welcome to the show. I'm loving it, and I was blown away. So many twists and betrayals and triple tri- triple crosses, triple double crosses, crosses, double crosses. Uh, Karen Jeers is kind of a dick. <laughs> he is. Sparla is kind of a dick. Oh, I knew that already. I think this would be considered a Jelko move, but before we continue, because we're going to get into our overall thoughts, but I think we might have somebody on the line. We were we were trying to uh, we were trying to get uh, a very attractive silver fox on the show, Zaddy, and we we succeeded. Yes, we have. Yes, Rob Stewart on the line. Yay! How you doing? Hi, Rob. We're doing great. Good to have you. Welcome. I think this is your third or fourth time on the after show. It's very nice to have you. Who remembers? Time flies. (laughs) Time flies when you're, you know, romancing the lady. And living and dying and, you know, it all gets confusing. And coming out of the green, diving into the green, being tortured in the green, emerging from the green. Basically, you become the David Carradine sensei of this series, which is pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah, slightly less drunk than the actor who played it, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, before we get... We're going to break down the episode. We're going to talk about Klein and the Lady, and then how he's tipping off Garrett, and how that might play into some cool things. The jailbreak plan, how Noosey comes into play. She's learning! Uh, and how... Kind of fun thing with, like, moving Windex and random liquid. I'm, I'm assuming it's urine uh, to show the <laughs> fingerprints on the screen. Yeah. Somebody's going to get their fingers covered in urine. And obviously we have the Crescians coming in to throw a twist in it. And then if oh. one twist wasn't enough, we have a second twist with Sparla and uh, Karen Jeer's 
totally teaming up together to double cross everybody. I did everybody. not see that coming. I didn't. Either. I saw it coming towards the very end, but I didn't see them like coming in with guns. Once he gave the list to Johnny, I'm like, this isn't going to be good. I didn't think that Jeers was in on it though. No, I did not. I didn't see any of that. I honestly. A, I'm wondering what the um, assassin's doing about it, because I didn't see her in this episode. And also, I really bought into them trying to overthrow him. I, I It was like, oh my god, they're all out to get our killjoys. Well, yeah, I thought... And we, What were your overall thoughts on the episode, by the way? Sorry, before we get into the jailbreak, because I know it's like awesome. This was so good. I was touched by um, Dutch's speech about her... Um, feeling lost without Johnny, who's like her center. Mm-hmm. I love how um, Davin has grown over the past five seasons, where he's a man worthy and equal to Dutch. But I have to say, I really loved the intricacy of the episode tying in to past seasons. It was so good. Yeah, it, it did a really great job bringing things full circle. It was nice to see the payoff for a lot of the breadcrumbs that were laid earlier. And you know, I'm still on the fence about whether or not it was Anila who left the red box for Dutch. Because we knew Anila was coming back, right? Like, we knew Anila was coming back. She has to be coming back. Our Jack needs his two mommies. <laughs> I'm thinking Klein left the bots. Possibly. Klein seems to have a little bit more independence than we originally thought. Now that the leash is off, but the... Or I guess the collar's off, but the leash is still there, I think is the term that was used. Um... I don't know. Why don't we ask the man himself? Who do you think put the red box and locked Dutch in that room? I always think I do. (laughs) (laughs) Even when it's demonstrably wrong, I still, in my mind, Klein does everything. He's... And, you know, to to the... Klein does everything to the point that I looked at your wardrobe in the final scene with Garrett and then rewinded to go back and look at your wardrobe when you're talking to Lady to make sure that it was the same <laughs> Klein and that there's not two Kleins running around out there, one Ooh. in Old Town, one the Lady. Um, and I I didn't come up with definitive proof that it was the same wardrobe. It looked similar, but the it lighting was very different. different. I don't know, but I remember telling them I wanted to get back into my classical Klein garb. <laughs> You got to. You look very yeah, handsome was, in your class. I was very upset that I might not look like iconic Klein if I went up there on the on the road. <laughs> did you uh, Did you take that home from the set? Cherry's been asking every guest what they took home from the set. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did, and I flew it for Halloween. Really? Really? Yeah, and I got people didn't even ask me who I was as a character, and I was just going to answer me, but uh, they didn't even ask. They were just like. Wow, I love your wardrobe. Whatever, yeah, it kind of works. But to... I've, uh, I've very stupidly given it to my son because he looks way better than it. Oh, no. you gave it away. You have to get it back. You have to wear it when Yell goes and visits you. <laughs> oh, I have. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no Shout out to Yell Teagle, uh, previous host yes, of the Killjoys yeah. After Show. <laughs> So let's break let's break it down a little bit here. So yeah. Klein's been kind of a wild card, right? At the end of season four, we're left to assume that Klein and Anila are dead. Then in episode two of this season, we learn that Klein is still alive. We learn that he's advising the lady, and she's like playing this game of cat and mouse Sudoku with Klein, basically being like, "Hey, like, tell me about humans." And now it's turned to, "Hey." Crap, I'm kind of human now. Tell me about myself. 
this is now a therapy session. You are a you are a therapist under duress, and but yeah, he's also tickling that though, right? Definitely. Yeah, I think. Um, Here's one of the things I'm curious about is because your character was based so so heavily in the espionage aspect of it that you are a master manipulator. Um, do you think your treatment of the lady in these scenes is kind of the same treatment that you were giving Dutch's character the previous seasons, or is there is there a difference in the way you play it? That's that's a very good point because this it, it certainly brings back the whole games he used to play with with uh, certainly with. Dutch and probably Anila after it went sideways for her. So yeah, he's he's played these games before and he's going to use them. The difference is his own humanity, and that's that's something that's very present in, in his mind. Uh, he hasn't been human in many hundreds of years, so this 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 is also a thing that's becoming new to him, and it's also him sort of relearning that. So that's the difference, I would say, is that uh, when he was teaching Dutch all this and manipulating her, he was Holland. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that, that's a huge point, actually. So we have a couple of questions from the chat. Um, okay. Erica Salary wants to know, for the zaddy, what has <laughs> been the best part of playing Kylan, and does any of his characteristics favor Rob's own? The best part has been correcting the way people pronounce it. Klein. <laughs> Klein. Klein. I thought it was Kylan, too, at first. That was, that's when I first started. Good thing I didn't have to introduce myself very early. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Klein. So what, what was the best part of playing him? Yes. Oh, there was so many. The, I mean, the, the, the best part overall was the way the writers began to, uh, I mean, it was well written right from the get-go. I mean, as soon as you say the words, you become Klein. Um, but the way they started to respond to, to the things I was doing, it became such a symbiotic relationship. It was really beautiful. We had time enough to do that, and they were crafty enough to do that so the best part was the writing for me and just saying those words and yeah and as you saw in the last episode i got to you know more and more i got to even narrate some things and tell bedtime stories and it was so nice because the words were always delicious <laughs> i i actually kind of expect that soon though i think that when the nights were long and the days were deep is probably going to be told to the lady because I think we're we're developing some kind of relationship here, right? Yes. And oh, yes. I don't want to I don't want to ship it because that turns into tentacle porn. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of like you kind of see something going on, and I'm wondering if. And this is a question that I'll ask uh, you first, Jerry, because you probably can't really say much, Rob. Is do you think that Klein can manipulate the humanity within the lady enough to change her? Because there was a moment this episode where it was like, what if the end of this series isn't actually them destroying the lady? I have to say that he is treating her almost like he treated his children. From reawakening her with the Nupa Woot, the blue drink she had, and his connecting with her. It's not to me, sexual is more like a daddy figure, an adult figure sort of guiding her into being a better person. Because, you know, it's nature... Wait, it's nature, not nurture. Yes, it's nature, not nurture. And having someone guide you can make you a better person. So that was one of the great points, one of the great scenes that you had was the Nupa root when you fed it to her. And I interpreted it differently. I interpreted it as no matter how you try to control 
all of these people, their inherent nature is still hidden within them. Because, like, the Nuperu wasn't actually the lady reacting. It was the person she used to be reacting to that, right? Yes. That's correct. So I think this is an interesting, uh, interesting conversation to have on how much of the original person is in the lady. And is Klein's goal to manipulate the lady or is Klein's goal to manipulate who the lady is taking over at the moment? It's it's trying to merge them both and have the humanity win. Okay. So so that he can play it. So those feelings which he sees. I mean, Cherry's right. The whole father thing. A client can't help being a father. That's one thing, which sounds strange because of all the you know sort of semi evil things he did. But he can't help being a father. It's who he is. And so and you know having this, she's in a teenage girl's body, so it's a very vulnerable time for. Her. And I think it awakens a lot of those memories of Dutch and Anila. So, and that's very pure. Without doing the you know evil antagonist thing, that those are very pure feelings that he can't help either. In the same way, she can't help reacting to the Nupa root. He Klein can't help reacting to fatherhood. So that's one thing. Um, but he has to use them. He cannot manipulate the lady as she is. He can only manipulate that side of her humanity, which she's inherited from the form. Okay. And I think that form that form has to then inform what the lady becomes. It has to. And that's it's actually changes kind of my mindset on how how these interactions go because it it seems less it seems less like you're scared of the lady and more just like it's a chess game that you're constantly playing between each other and trying to figure out what she, what she can hide from you and what you can manipulate within her. Yeah, hundred percent, and what I can get away with, and yeah. Um, I mean, I think it is a terribly dangerous situation. Klein's intellect would realize that, but I've always played him as if. He doesn't see a problem. He sees an elegant solution, and then he just has to clear away the cluttered chaos to get to that solution he sees. So, yeah, he's playing a chess game, and he always thinks he's going to win, even against this uh, monstrous woman. But underneath that are his own new human emotions and then her nascent human emotions. So that comes into play, and he's going to have to tickle those as well. Do you think that Klein understands the the terraforming better than anyone else aside from the lady because he seems to be able to he's you haven't gotten in touch with zeph yet and unless we're in next episode you're going to get in touch with zeph to wake up garrett klein may have his own ways of waking people up mm-hmm. yes not sure how. so then here's a twist question cherry if it wasn't klein who put the red box in the room who did klein already wake up in old town hmm. someone we haven't met yet i think maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited to talk about it later in predictions. And I did want to I did want to ask you one la- one one thing, Rob, bef- um, just to make sure, because uh, we had a conversation last week a little bit about the lady's weakness and how it kind of seemed like an interesting choice to take a powerful like female villain and then have her weakness be hormones or her emotions and things like that and i'd love to hear your take on it yeah i heard i, I actually watched the episode where he asked tamson that and I, I i liked and agreed with her reply uh, i'd go a step further a i don't think it i think it's genderless it's a teenage emotional thing which guys go through as, as much as girls so i think in that sense it's genderless it's a teenage hormone thing and in another sense the fact that those emotions are her weakness 
is not just her alone. It's not like you can look at it and say, well, they're saying that that's a feminine weakness because Klein is also refinding his human emotions. You'll see this. this I'll give you a little uh, uh, hint about next episode. Uh, it's it's devastating for Klein. Oh, oh and, no. Uh, these are these emotions he has not felt in hundreds of years. Like you can see his concern, obviously, for Yella um, and Anila. But those concerns were the last vestige of his humanity. It was buried under the Holland um, part of them. And, and now both the lady and Klein are suffering from emotions. Do you know what I mean? So it's hard to say that we've deconstructed our whole feminist sense, which I, th I think it's done beautifully. Um, and I certainly don't think they've you know, they've lessened that at all because because the one who's trying to bring those emotions out of the lady, Klein, is subject to them now for the first time in hundreds of years himself. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's fairly played. That's really that's really cool. And also, just since I haven't seen the next episode, I wanted to ask you, like, since it is devastating for Klein, is it was it exciting for you to get a script and know that you can really like let loose with some more emotional scenes with without having to hold yourself back? It's well, yeah. It's our Tamsin talked about this with the AI. Um, the the client thing is always it's always that struggle of how much can how far can you go without losing your kindness and in her case her her uh, looseness. So, but yeah, that's the best challenge. You know, it goes back to the old OG Star Trek days. You know, when <laughs> Spock would almost every fifth episode or something have to have an emotion. Um, it's the only. It's the and this whole season really, in terms of uh, Alana and my arc, has been about the human side of, of the the equation, the emotional side. So yeah, that's the only thing that that really matters in in that galaxy or this one. So of course, it's a wonderful opportunity and challenge to play them within the context of Klein. It's interesting that we literally got a sci-fi series that deals with the same kind of ideas of vampires losing their powers because we're on season like everything's talking about leading up like everything's these are the problems with immortality you got to deal with this you can't die you're under the control of this lady and now season five everyone's immortal no nope, nobody's immortal anymore let's just get rid of all of that now it's everyone coping oh what? a lot of coping yeah. it's all about humanity it's all about emotions in the end and it's it's brilliant i mean obviously the lady still has a massive leg up and an almost insurmountable advantage but humanity we have love know. yeah we have love and you a delightful line i love this season that everything klein says I, I can actually go home from work and go i need to take that advice <laughs> <laughs> he's just spit spitting truth at every at every turn your therapist actually called up uh called up uh the showrunner, he's like, can you write these lines in? I really think this will help. <laughs> Settle rock down a bit. Yeah. He's not going to listen to me, but maybe he'll listen to you, Adam. Yeah. I don't even listen to Adam. I listen to Klein. <laughs> but Adam knows that. Yeah. So I have two questions. One, when you all were in the bar with the lady and she was saying I'd burn the entire world it felt like she was threatening that she'd burn Dutch and Anil like she almost knows that she's alive as well oh the, the hint that she knows that I, I don't know maybe I guess it's it's written with that ambiguity in mind uh, very cunningly written the whole thing <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah what a threat though huh? 
It was a serious threat. And then as an actor, it's not often you all get to have a real final season. Looking over this as an actor, what's it like to know that you were able to do a complete and utter arc of a character that you've had for five years? The the best. That was such a gift to be able to do them both together and, you know, have that security. Because you're always, you know, you're going every season, you're wondering if you get renewed. You're wondering if you're going to die at the end of that. Well, I didn't, I did die at the end of that. <laughs> but the idea that, you know, because they have to have this big ending because it might be the ending. I just think it was a gift, uh, predominantly for the writer, so then Michelle, um, you know, and Adam, because he show ran the last two, but the ability to foresee exactly how long you've got so you can tell your story properly which they did so that was a gift and then it all trickles down to us because then our characters are so truthful we're not racing to a conclusion yeah that that was brilliant i mean it's so rarely done and every show should have that luxury i really want to see more more killjoys actors in in marvel movies too though i know like (laughs) fine man i mean rob you gotta you gotta get yourself in a marvel movie so good. I'm here, man. I just wait by the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do more than that. Um, well, do you have any other questions before we let Rob go? Because we have to talk about Balaxion! I feel like we should ask something from the chat, so I'm going to go and look and see. Um... In the meanwhile, fans, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want more great guests like Mr. Rob Stewart here, uh, Cherry's reaching out. I think we have guests almost for the rest of the season, which is phenomenal. And if you guys want to do anything to tell us how you think of the show, if you like the show, hit that subscribe, comment below, hit the thumbs up. And if you want me to read your comment on air, go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, search for Killjoys After Buzz, and leave us a rating or review. We have one from Paul P-Man for this episode. says, May the Cube be with you. Anila's back, which is not surprising since no one ever really dies, so what are the sleeping arrangements going to be after the dust settles? Barring anything unforeseen, I'm shipping Ken Neela, obviously, but will Avin be in the domestic partnership to help raise Jack? Or will he and Auntie D'Uch just get him on alternate weekends? Or are we going to see D'Uch and Ja'ani finally get together in real life? Certainly in the short term, we'll see Kendry, Jack, and Anila... Uh, make an alliance with our fearless heroes to fight the lady and save Jack. And I'm only doing the De Avon stuff. I stopped it last <laughs> season, but I'm only doing because he, he literally wrote it into the So I have a question from Erica Salary. She wants, or he wants to know, what do you want Anila and Dutch's relationship to be like? With each other or with me? Ooh. All three of you. Those are two separate things, aren't they? Yes. But, but you know what? I think I, I, I'll just include that in it because I think with me, I, I've probably erased myself from the equation. Knowing now, especially with the with the revisiting my own humanity, knowing I did a lot of terrible things. You know, when, when the lady asked me, were you a good father? Uh, that was a pretty crushing question because uh, my methods were, were unsound. But um, so I would probably be thinking of just wanting them to be, you know, at least family and, and even Johnny and, uh, and that da- Avin, who I, you know, Klein used to be jealous of almost, <laughs> uh, would want, would want her to be happy. Dutch, just be happy and find her own family. The, the speech he gave, uh, gave Garrett, right. About the, the ones you love are the ones you find along the way to have that family and to let her have some semblance of happiness he would want. And for Anila, the same, although that's a, you know, that would be a a far more complicated road for her, but um, yeah, that's what he would wish. And I think he would gladly take himself out of that equation since he's caused so many complications. Damn it. Klein's dead. 
damn it, he's going to die at the end of the season. Why do you keep dying, Rob? No! Well, we're dying. I didn't say that. Did you did not say that. No, but I meant not being part of the lives in that because he would feel his footprint all of the bad side of their lives already. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really thank appreciate you. Rob. And we appreciate you supporting the show. And honestly, just the way you portrayed the character was phenomenal. We really appreciate everything you've done for the series. Oh, thank you so much. We will see you uh, uh, hopefully soon. Uh, where can fans find you on social media if they'd like to keep in touch? I think I'm the real Rob Stewart yes. on Twitter. I believe um, you that's are. That's all I've got. I'm really quite a Luddite with the rest of it. <laughs> and do you have any uh, shows coming up that people can catch you out in? Uh, there's a new uh, movie coming out called A Grand Romantic Gesture, which has come. I don't know when that will come out. I just shot it, but with, uh, with Gina McKee, a British actress uh, who is phenomenal. Look her up. Uh, so I don't know when that'll be coming out, but uh, yeah, Grand Romantic Gesture. And I was on the third season of Designated Survivor. That's on Netflix. Um, and a, oh, a Netflix series called The Grand Army. As Perfect. Well, well thank Ooh. you so much, Rob. Uh, hopefully we'll see you again. All right. Thank you. you be Rob. well. Bye. So let's go ahead and jump into uh, the jailbreak. 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 Balaxian tournament, the jailbreak. So we get the jailbreak. Johnny decides that he can grab a chip from somebody's neck. He can activate all the people in the prison. They can take over. And they can drive this stick of a ship straight up the lady's asshole and just win the war. Right? Eh. That's the plan, right? Eh. Eh. So they try it. Blackstein comes, we got some crushy assholes who are going to be like, yo, we want you guys to fight each other. This is a big political commentary on our privatized prisons. Couldn't have come at a more suitable time where, hey, a privately owned prison can have rich people come in and do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. Um, but hey. Oh, good one. They were jerks. Oh. I'd say R.I.P., but I hope he doesn't. Um, let's go ahead and talk about it. So, Really cool scenes here with uh, with Nusi. She seems very versatile in her new form. Yeah, she's literally the iPhone version of Lucy. She's the XR, and she is learning and she's enjoying breaking out of her computer programming thing. We learned what funny was today, and it was funny. We got to guess, and that was fun. And we're like, yeah, we guessed. That's how computers learn. Johnny's happy he has his little friend back. Yeah, so happy for Johnny. Not so happy for Johnny and Dutch. Because that went really poorly. Yes. Um, she is not she's not understanding. So she's coming at it from the attitude of it's not real, it's not real. But I think what we're slowly realizing is that his emotions are real. Yes. And she's actively saying they're not. And that's where the disconnect in communication is. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting them to throw her game off at the end with the flashbacks, though. They're really teasing this up to have her end up with Johnny in the end. I watched the flashbacks, and I think she finally, like, she realized it was a fake emotion, but it was playing on something that was deep in him that he pushed down that she'd never paid attention to. And so it kind of threw her off. And of course, they had that big fight when he said, When have I never not had your back? And I think she is feeling off-kiltered. Well, I think it's also... I think he the marriage brought out the emotions that he always pushed back. And I think this situation of her losing him, basically, losing her center of balance, is forcing some emotions that she didn't know she had to come out. 
Yes. I'm not exactly the biggest fan of of what is it? Dutchy. <laughs> John Janda. John Janda. Deja. Dojo. What are we what are we naming this this? But anyway, um I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I can see why they would do it and I can see that that kind of seems what they're doing. Right? I still think it's going to end up being a truffle. I don't think so. <laughs> it's a future. It's totally fine in the future. I, it's just as long as the last episode's not like, oh, we've been in the green this whole time. Hashtag the Matrix. <laughs> Open it up. Lady Life. We've been in Lady Life 2.0, but really, Lady like, Life. this entire series was in hashtag Lady Life 1.0. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but Davin's matured so much, and I think he and Johnny both would be willing to take a portion of It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, Jerry. If they can't have 100%, I think they would learn how to navigate having... Johnny and and Davin cannot share. They're not brothers like that. They could. They ain't brothers like that. They could. Stop trying to stop my love trouble. Look, every person that Johnny loves dies, so Dutch might die this season. Also, every person that Davin sleeps with, Johnny also has to try to sleep with, and then they die. So if, (laughs) if, if Dutch and Johnny happens, Dutch is going to die this season. Ooh. Paul Howland says... Judge. Judge. I like that, Paul. That's I hate it. Cool. Um, let's go ahead and <laughs> move on to Davin the Crescian. We learn this side B plot where the Crescian is trying to manipulate Davin into killing her brother, um, saying he's going to kill her. He calls in the favor to get Anila back in, or Dutch back in the fight. Same thing. Not Anila, eh. but yeah, Dutch back in the fight. And then all hell breaks loose with this Sparla thing we'll get into here in a second. But do you think she's manipulating Davin? She's totally yes. like using him to kill her brother because yes. their brother definitely is kind of a wuss, and I don't think would do that. I think I, I, I don't think he's trying to starve them. I think she read up on Davin and realizes he likes to be a hero, and that's how she's able to manipulate him. But I thought it was hilarious when he didn't get picked, and he was like, "What? I'm always picked." I'm shocked they didn't have a scene with his shirt off because he does like doing that. That is true. They'll probably have more. Um, I really liked that we didn't get the conclusion of him <coughs> dealing with the brother this episode. Obviously, the big twist comes that Sparla and Coringiers were together on the whole thing. They shot the guards. Warden gets shot in the stomach, it looks like. Yes. Um, and they they are taking over the ship. Dutch and Davin are kind of in a bad spot. And Johnny's the only odd man out here right now where he's in the corridors, kind of dealing with the fact that he's the one who deleted them from the system and did it. So I'm curious now, because we have teased up this new storyline with the two Crescians, that now we have Davin believing one side of the story, and I think Dutch and Dutch is going to get interactive with the brother Crescian too, because she's one of the old, like noble nobility. Yes, and I think that's interesting that we might get some politics at play there next episode. And what do you think of the whole Sparla Corin thing? Like, do you think they're going to uh, have to go like predator style and take them out one by one? I don't think they'll really be able to get along because you could hear at the end when he started saying, oh, it's my ship, and then Sparlow was like, what? And he had to correct him and pull him back. I think that he will try and take over and get rid of his compadre or second command or whatever. Um, And I think that Dutch will try and still figure out how to maybe get everyone else woken up or try and escape, I mean, if she doesn't, then they're going to, like, Thunderdome, Thunderdome them. Yeah. 
Probably. You think the Balaxian, Dutch, and Davin make them fight? Yes, but I don't think the I don't think the um, um, the nobleman would win. He'd lose. Yeah, probably. Let's move on to the warden. The warden is just like she's getting the worst of it right now. She is. She 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 keeps trying to like be nice to them, and they keep just screwing her over. And it's like she's in a difficult position because she still has to run the prison. She can't just be like, I like, like, I like these guys. Let me just let them go because then Klein's going to kill her. Yes. Uh, because the lady will have Klein kill her. Um, but, man, they just really consistently screw her over. And she they got did. the short end of the stick pretty hardcore this episode. Do you think there's any reconciling after she's, what she, she says what she said to Dutch? She's going to be sick of all three of them. And like she told them, the reason that she allows them to do the Biletsian is that it takes money to run the ship and they probably need it to sort of supplement everything. I've heard her have a little treat of having an apple and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, she's going to be sick of all three of them. So even if Johnny's able to <laughs> make her feel, able to like help her get the bullet out of her or whatever, she'll still be pissed. This The scene where she says to Dutch, where she's like, I'm going to send you to like the darkest pit in hell. Really reminded me of like the end, the the latest season of Mr. Robot, where De Piero's like, "You are the worst person ever," and I hope that you are just like, I hope you have to live with the fact that you're just an evil person. And I was like, "Damn!" And that was like the warden being like, "You are just like no." I don't know if they can come back from it. Now, I mean, Dutch is motivated out of rightness, but the way that she's going about it, betraying and stabbing everybody in the back who's trying to help her isn't a good way to have um, people help you or be on part of your team. Because the entire time she's been saying she's going to take over the prison, they're going to try and turn all the prisoners onto her side to make them her army. And there's no thought in her head that maybe I can work with the warden or try and figure out, because the warden's bent over backward to try and help all three of them. Because really, they were she was supposed to kill one of them straight up off the bat. Yeah. And she didn't do that. Well, she's supposed to kill two of them and just leave one. Yes. What what's interesting to me too is that it feels like the lady's not paying attention to anything going on at the Supermax prison. Like we have Crescians coming out of nowhere and deciding to let people fight each other. We have all this stuff going on there, and it doesn't seem like the lady has any guards or has any eyes on the prison. The whole point of the prison was supposed to be the bait to get Jax to go to the prison. But that's the Klein project. She she delegated that to Klein. She's more worried about the planet. Okay. We do learn more about Westerly. We learn, trash. we learn that Westerly is, because of its situation, there's a huge power vacuum happening on Crash, and lots of people are fighting and killing each other, and there is also a food shortage. Yes. So, possibly Old Town was providing food to the other moons and everything. So, we do learn that there's a lot of stuff going on on Leith and on Crash and on other places, not just Old Town. Mm-hmm. So, maybe that's the reason why they don't really care about the terraforming. Because they got their own problems. They've got their own problems. Because remember, a couple of uh, last season, they lost one of their mining planets, and they had lost one of their um, one of the farming planets had rebelled. So even the last couple of seasons, they've been yeah, eroding their powers. So um, let's move on to where we're kind of going, which is Jackson Kendry. We're getting this uh, very Klein and Anila style relationship between Kendry and Jax, but Kendry's just not good at being a parent. She had such a hard time saying, I love you. And I thought her line, 
that's Bad Bitch 101 was yeah. just the epitome of her. They gave her some great lines this episode. They really did. And poor guy, like, that dude who got shot in the back with the arrow, eight kids. <laughs> well, she was on, what is it, a jackass hunt or douche hunt? Yeah, she was hunting douches, and that, but that guy, eight kids. They're all going to starve to death now. Oh, well, he shouldn't have gone after Jack. You know what those kids were responsible for? 16 orphanages. <laughs> There's at least 3,000 starving babies out there because she shot that guy. I don't think she killed him. She just wounded him really badly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love doing these bits. Uh, so we get a really interesting dream sequence between her and Jack uh, mm-hmm. Davin, which, what do you think? think of that is that her talking to herself i think that's talking to herself because she's not super in touch with her emotions and she knows as a teenager jack needs some emotional um input that she's not able to give him because her roundabout saying i love you without saying the words i love you jack speaks his mom but like when he told her i wish you'd been the one that died in the green that like the look on her face was it wounded her because she never really thought of having kids or yeah the world the the royalty anyway when they did have kids they them off to like boarding school so they weren't day to day and her having to spend this time with him is really kind of forcing her to get out of her normal shell it's forcing her to realize that she has to have empathy again which she didn't have because again uh rob raised a great point we're saying like they were immortal they didn't have their human emotions it stripped them of them so Del- Kendry also didn't really have her human emotions, mm-hmm. even when she was going through the pregnancy. So now that they're gone, now that her human emotions are coming back, and she's, she's also learning how to deal with them. Uh, we have Ivan Soto keeps saying that let's not forget that, let's not pretend that Kendry is a good person. But honestly, guys, everyone in the show is suspect. Davin killed his entire squad due to circumstances outside of his control. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny manages to get women across the galaxy killed by falling in love with them. <laughs> Klein was the evilest villain in season one. He was bad. And then you go to Dutch, who's also been assassinating people all her life. Like, nobody's just perfectly good in this show. The whole show's point is that you can show that people can change and people can develop a knowledge base to change their opinion and, and, and act differently. And even when they're acting bad, sometimes they're doing it for the right reason. So she, uh, Paul Piment says she manipulates him. I don't know if it's a manipulation unless she doesn't go to the prison. Mm-hmm. She did make a promise. He says, if I show you this, will you promise to go after Davin? And she says, yes. Use the blood, which was the stuff that we, they collected in the first, in the second episode, tap the sphere Lo and behold, Anila's alive. Yes. And you know how? Because back, last time we went to this cube, there was a bathtub full of green. So there's an untainted source of green, which means these cubes have the ability to separate it from whatever the connection was, I guess. Mm-hmm. I was so happy. I literally was watching and I screamed when she came out of the cube because I really didn't... I didn't know what was going to be in the cube, but I didn't expect it to be her. And... um I, one of the things I love about Killjoys is that it's not black and white. The characters are very varied shades of gray and darkness that are motivated not just by selfishness but goodness. And that the women characters are as motivated by greed, by 
ambition, by evilness as males are. So it's been, it's a fun show to watch. But yeah, some of the people are not very nice. But I have to say some of the villains are the best people to watch on the episodes because they are so rich. Yeah, um, I'm going to make a, a big prediction here. Let's go ahead and jump into predictions. We've got about two minutes left. Um, predictions! It's all good. Uh, so, <laughs> here's what I'm thinking is going on, y'all. And this is like a really lame prediction, guys. But, while Steph figures out the soundboard and hits command space to bring it up, uh, let's go ahead and say that I'm seeing some real Zod-ish going down right now. <laughs> like, alright, y'all, let me set the scene for y'all real quick. Give me a beat. Boop, 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 Alright, y'all. So, that was terrible. God, what? <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Um, so, we have one bathtub full of green. Which is the name of my new podcast, One Bathtub Full of Green. <laughs> Not really. Um, but I'm assuming there's still going to be a bathtub full of green where Anila is, unless she escaped before that bathtub went over. Mm-hmm. But this prediction is based solely on that bathtub still being separated from the green and us having the green. They're going to trap the lady back in the green and send the two the, the cube out into the phantom zone and finish it like <laughs> Superman. Killjoy season five ending. Done. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think that Klein is going to wake up not only um, Garrett, but he's going to wake up Fancy. And I think he is going to cry. He's going to start his own rebellion team on the planet and have sort of a pincher effect going against the lady. So prediction wise, who put the red box in the room? Klein. You still think it's Klein? It has to be Klein. I think it was Klein. If it wasn't Klein, it was someone at Klein's direction. I'm going to say, and this is totally out there, guys, totally out there. I'm going to end on it. But I'm going to say, just so if it happens, I'm right. I'm going to say that Klein woke up fancy before anyone else. And fancy has been awake this entire time. Ooh, he is everybody's type. Yeah. And he didn't really act too much differently from normal fancy. (laughs) So, I don't know. We can see. Guys, what do you think? Please comment below. Hit that thumbs up button if you enjoyed the show. Uh, I believe we have a guest next week. I don't remember who we booked, but uh, Cherry's been doing a great job, so a lot of the cast are coming on. So, we will tweet it out. Follow Cherry on Twitter at... Cherry underscore LA. And follow me on Twitter at... Steven Lemos. Stephen Lemieux, yeah. Lemieux. It was pretty close. Uh, You're good. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Please continue to rate and comment on iTunes. And we'll see you guys next week for the fourth to last episode of Killjoys ever. We love you. Thank you for watching. Thank you again to Rob Stewart for joining us for the show. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.